Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. How are you all doing? Alhamdulillah. Nahmaduhu wa nusalli ala rasulihi al-kareem. Amma ba'd fa'a'udhu billahi min ash-shaytani r-rajim. Bismillahi r-Rahman r-Rahim. Rabbi shrah li sadri wa yassir li amri. Wahlul uqdatan min lisani. Yafqahu qawli. Allahumma ahdi qalbi wa saddid lisani. Waslul sakhimata qalbi. Amin ya rabbil alameen. So alhamdulillah, we were on bab number 32 of Kitabu Janaiz. And we were learning about the statement of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that يُعَذَّبُ الْمَيِّتُ بِبَعْضِ بُكَاءِ أَهْلِهِ عَلَيْهِ That the deceased person is punished because of the crying of his family over him. And we learned the different meanings of this statement that what is meant by adab over here is not necessarily punishment. It could also mean pain. Then we also learned that what kind of crying is prohibited and that crying is wailing. And we also learned that the deceased is only punished if he agreed with that wailing when he was alive, when he approved of it, when he participated in it himself and he did not stop his family from it. And then we also learned that the deceased who is punished for the crying of his family is the deceased person who died in a state of disbelief. This is also how we can understand this hadith. And the last two ahadith in this bab clarify this issue further. So let's look at the hadith. حدثنا عبد الله بن يوسف أخبرنا مالك عن عبد الله بن أبي بكر عن أبيه عن عمرة بنت عبد الرحمن أنها أخبرته أنها سمعت عائشة رضي الله عنها so you see over here, Amra bint Abdul Rahman. This is a very important name. Amra was a tabi'iyya, one of those women who learned a lot from Aisha radiallahu anha. And she has reported many ahadith from Aisha radiallahu anha. Amra, this is a name that you should know. So she, annaha akhbaratu, annaha sami'at Aisha radiallahu anha. So she heard from Aisha radiallahu anha. And who is she? Of course, Zawja Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the wife of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Qalat, she said that, إِنَّمَا مَرَّ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ala yahudiyyatin. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam passed by a Jewish woman, and what is meant is the body of a Jewish woman, يَبْكِي عَلَيْهَا أَهْلُهَا Whose family were crying over her. Meaning she had passed away, they were perhaps taking her body for the burial. So the family was crying over her. فَقَالَ So the Prophet ﷺ said, إِنَّهُمْ لَيَبْكُونَ عَلَيْهَا Indeed, they are crying over her. وَإِنَّهَا لَتُعَذَّبُ فِي قَبْرِهَا While she is being punished in her grave. Meaning, their crying is not going to help her. In fact, their crying is only going to increase her in pain. Why? Because we discussed this earlier also, when you find out that somebody is really missing you or crying over you, and you cannot help them in any way, it only makes you more sad. Correct? But this state of this woman was even more pitiful because of the fact that she died as a denier. And so her family is crying over her that she is gone, and now the truth has become clear to her. She cannot change her reality, and she cannot even help those who are alive, right? So the Prophet ﷺ said over here that إِنَّهُمْ لَيَبْكُونَ عَلَيْهَا They're crying over her, but وَإِنَّهَا لَتُعَذَّبُ فِي قَبْرِهَا 
Their crying is not making any difference to her. In fact, it is only adding to her grief, adding to her pain, and maybe even adding to her punishment. And this is something that we should remember whenever we cry over someone. Is my crying going to help them? If you're crying for yourself because of your grief and your sadness, that's a different case. Right? You have a right to cry. You have a right to express your grief and sorrow. However, if you're crying for someone else, you're shedding tears for someone else, then you really have to see, is this crying going to benefit them? And we know that our crying is not going to benefit the person who's gone. What is going to benefit them is our action, our du'as. And of course, that is in the case where the person dies as a Muslim, as someone who believes in Allah the way Allah wants him to believe. Then we should channel our sadness into action. We should do something at the time when our loved one has passed away. And instead of just spending days and nights in crying, Yes, cry, but also do something with that. Make dua for them. Every time you think about the person who has passed away, make dua for them. Every time you remember them, make dua for their forgiveness. Do one of those actions that will benefit them. And of course, this can only be done for the person who has died in a state of iman. حدثنا إسماعيل بن خليل حدثنا علي بن مسهر حدثنا أبو إسحاق وهو الشيباني عن أبي بردة عن أبيه قال لما أصيب عمر رضي الله عنه So Abu Burda reported from his father that when Umar رضي الله عنه was أصيب he was struck meaning when he was attacked in the masjid while he was leading salah and this is the attack in which he died جعل صهيب يقول وأخاه Suhaib began saying, Wa akahu, O my brother, O brother. Fakala Umaru, Sir Umar radiallahu anhu said, Ama alimta, do you not know, Anna Nabiya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam akal, that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has said, Inna al mayyita la yu'adhabu bi buka'i al hay, that the deceased is punished because of the crying of the living one. And we read the longer version of this hadith earlier where it is clarified that this is not a general rule, rather there are some specific details related to this. And we have discussed that already. But what we can understand over here is that Umar radiallahu anhu, even at this time when he is close to his death, right, he is warning people that no matter how sad you are, have some composure and only say what is correct. No matter how sad you are, have some composure. That is important. The thing is that sometimes we go to two extremes. One extreme is that we say don't be sad at all. We say don't be sad at all. And the other extreme is that we say be sad because this is something natural. The Prophet ﷺ was sad, etc., etc. Both of these extremes are wrong. Both of these extremes are wrong. We should not suppress our sadness to a point where we become numb and hard-hearted. Nor should we dwell on our sadness so much that it makes our life difficult and the life of those around us difficult. And that turns into anger. And that turns into displeasure towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's decree. Bab ma yukrahu niyahati ala al-mayyid. Ma yukrahu what is disliked min niyahati of niyaha of wailing ala al-mayyit over a dead person 
And what is meant by karaha, dislike over here, is not just that niyaha is not something that's liked, so you should try to avoid it. No, what is meant by karaha over here is karaha to tahrim, that this is something forbidden. Because we have learned previously about how serious this action is. وَقَالَ عُمَرُ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ And Umar رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ said, دَعْهُنَّ يَبْكِينَ عَلَىٰ أَبِي سُلَيْمَانِ Leave them to cry over Abu Sulaiman, meaning let them cry, مَا لَمْ يَكُنْ نَقْعٌ أَوْ لَقْلَةٌ As long as there is no نَقْر or لَقْلَقَ Let them cry, don't stop them from crying, as long as they don't do any نَقْر and they don't do any لَقْلَقَ So Imam Bukhari explains over here that وَالنَقْرُ التُرَاب نَقْر is تُرَاب, dust. And what is meant by this is that as long as they don't begin throwing dust on themselves. At-turabu ala ras Dirt over one's head. Wal-laqlaqatu as-sawt. And laqlaqah means sound. Meaning as long as they don't cry out loud. So allow them to cry. Let them cry. Don't stop them. And who is saying this? Who is saying this? Umar radiallahu anhu. And who is Abu Sulaiman? Abu Sulaiman is... Khalid ibn al-Walid radiallahu anhu. Alright? When he died, then the women of his family wept, of course. They cried. And as they were crying, people were concerned that this might turn into niyaha. So, Umar radiallahu anhu said, let them cry, don't stop them from crying, because that's something normal. As long as they don't start throwing dirt on themselves, and they don't start wailing out loud. So this teaches us, that crying when someone passes away is something permissible. It is something allowed. But crying uncontrollably in the sense that a person starts wailing, a person starts screaming, or that a person begins throwing dirt on themselves, this is something that the Arabs in the Jahiliyyah would do. To express their grief and sorrow, that's what they would do. They would throw dirt on themselves. So he said, as long as this is not done, let them cry. It's okay. حدثنا أبو نعيم حدثنا سعيد بن عبيد عن علي بن ربيعة عن المغيرة رضي الله عنه قال سمعت النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول he said I heard the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم say that إن كذبا علي ليس ككذب على أحد the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said that indeed lying about me is not like lying about anyone else why? Why is it not the same? Because man kadaba alayya muta'ammidan, whoever lies about me deliberately, falyatabawa maqadahu minan nar, then he can make his dwelling place in the fire. Meaning lying about the Prophet ﷺ is something that will lead a person to hellfire. Lying about someone else, yes, it is serious, it's a major sin, because lying is a sin. It is of the major sins. So it is serious, but lying about the Prophet ﷺ is far more serious. So he mentioned this hadith, and then he said, "Samiratun Nabiya sallallahu alaihi wasallam yaqul." I heard the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam say that "Maniha alaihi yuadzabu bimaniha alaihi." Whoever is wailed upon, meaning if wailing is done for someone, then yuadzabu, then he is punished bimaniha alaihi according to the wailing that is done on him. 
So first of all, we see that Mughira ibn Shu'bah radiallahu anhu, who's narrating this hadith, before he narrates the hadith about wailing, he made it clear that he was not lying about the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. He wasn't forging a statement in the name of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. He wasn't inventing it. Unfortunately, many people do this, that just to convince people or just to make people accept what they're telling them, they will say things like, "Oh, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said this." And sometimes people are so daring, they will even say, this is in the Qur'an. You will tell them this is not in the Qur'an, and they will insist it is in the Qur'an. They will insist. I have witnessed this myself. An individual being told this is not in the Qur'an, and they insist it is in the Qur'an, whereas it is not in the Qur'an. We have to be extremely careful when we attribute any statement to the Book of Allah or to the Prophet ﷺ. If you're not a hundred percent sure, please do not say that it is of the Qur'an or it is from the Sunnah. Be a hundred percent sure. And if you have even the slightest doubt, then make that clear. Make that clear. So here... First of all, he mentioned that he was not making up something and attributing that to the Prophet ﷺ. And then he narrated a hadith. Now, this statement of the Prophet ﷺ, that, إِنَّ كَذِبًا عَلَيَّ لَيْسَ كَكَذَبٍ عَلَىٰ أَحَدٍ Lying about me is not like lying about anyone else. Why? Because if you say that the Prophet ﷺ said something, then what does it mean? That statement is a part of our religion. Right? It has to be taken as law. And from that you will derive either something that's permissible or something that is forbidden. Isn't it so? Or something that is allowed or something that is recommended, etc., etc. Right? It becomes a part of religion. And if the Prophet ﷺ never said it, then you are kind of changing the religion or inventing things in the religion. And this is something serious. And from this we also understand that by extension, lying about a scholar or a person of knowledge is also more serious than lying about an ordinary person. Isn't it so? Like for example, if you were to say, Shaykh so and so said this. That Shaykh allows this. That Shaykh does not allow that. And people say, oh, I trust that Shaykh. I trust that scholar. Right? If he has allowed it, then I will take it. Right? Because he's an expert. So I'll take his word for it. And if he never said what you claim he said, then what's going on? What's going on? Again, you are changing the religion of Allah. So be careful when you attribute anything to the Qur'an, to the sunnah, to a teacher, to a person of knowledge. Be very careful. The Prophet ﷺ has instructed us of something and they say, well, the Prophet ﷺ never did that, never commanded that. So there's two aspects of this kadib. Two aspects of lying about the Prophet ﷺ. One way is that you say he said something whereas he never said it. Or that you say he didn't say something whereas he had actually said it. So it's both ways. Now the hadith over here, مَنِّيحَ عَلَيْهِ يُعَذَّبُ بِمَا نِيحَ عَلَيْهِ that when a deceased is wailed upon, then the punishment or the pain that is inflicted upon him or the pain that he feels is in proportion to the amount of wailing that was done on him. You understand? The adab 
whether you take the meaning of adab to be punishment or you take the meaning of adab to be pain, that is equal to the amount of wailing that is done on him. So basically, it's up to you, those who are living. How much do you want to hurt the person who has left? So, yes, you are sad, but have some composure also. Now, this incident where Mughira radiallahu anhu narrated this hadith, this actually happened in Kufa. Okay, Mughira ibn Shurba radiallahu anhu was in Kufa, in the city of Kufa, and an Ansari by the name of Qarada passed away. And when he passed away, the people, they cried a lot, and in fact, some people also began wailing, meaning they started crying out loud. So when he heard about this, he addressed the people and he quoted the hadith over here. So we have two hadith that Mughira radiallahu anhu reported over here. First of all, he said that I'm not inventing anything about the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa And secondly, the hadith about Noah. And this teaches us something important that when we are telling people about something of the deen, that this is not allowed or this is something that's allowed, then make sure that you give them the evidence also. Mughira ibn Shu'ba radiallahu anhu is a companion of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I mean, whose word would be more reliable in the city of Kufa? But even then, he didn't just say, stop wailing. This is haram. This is not allowed. This is disliked. Don't you know such and such will happen? No, he quoted the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So sometimes it's more effective for you to tell people about what the Prophet ﷺ said or did instead of giving them lists of do's and don'ts. حدثنا عبدان قال أخبرني أبي عن شعبة عن قتادة عن سعيد بن المسيب عن ابن عمر عن أبيه رضي الله عنهما عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال The Prophet ﷺ said الميت يعذب في قبره بما نيح عليه The deceased is punished or given pain or experiences pain in his grave according to the wailing that is done on him. Taba'ahu Abdul A'la, haddathana Yazid ibn Zurayrin, haddathana Sa'idun, haddathana Qatadatu, wa qala Adamu an shu'bata al-mayyitu yu'adhabu bibuka'il hayyi alayhi. The slightly different wording, the dead person is punished for the weeping of the living over him. And this is especially when they express their need and dependency over him. When they remember him saying that, oh, our sole provider, for example, that we need you, how are we going to survive without you? Then this is something that causes more pain. حدثنا علي بن عبد الله حدثنا سفيان حدثنا ابن المنكدر قال سمعت جابر بن عبد الله رضي الله عنهما قال جيء بأبي يوم أحد جابر رضي الله عنه said that my father was brought on the day of Uhud. His father participated in the battle of Uhud and he was martyred in the battle of Uhud. So after the battle was over, the mushrikeen had left. So the Muslims went and they saw their brothers and they took their bodies. So one of them was the father of Jabir radiallahu anhu. قَدْ مُثِّلَ بِهِ And his body had actually been mutilated. Remember that the mushrikeen, before they left, some people went and mutilated the dead bodies of the Muslims. So, قَدْ مُثِّلَ بِهِ حَتَّى وُضِعَ بَيْنَ يَدَيْ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ So the body was brought and it was put before the Prophet صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ وَقَدْ سُجِّيَ ثَوْبًا And the body was covered with a thawb. It was completely covered. 
فَذَهَبْ تُ أُرِيدُ أَنْ أَكْشِفَ عَنْهُ So I went forward in order to uncover him, meaning his face. He wanted to see his father's body. His father's body was completely covered with a sheet, so he wanted to see him. فَنَهَانِي قَوْمِي He said, but my people stopped me. They said, don't uncover him. ثُمَّ ذَهَبْ تُ أَكْشِفُ عَنْهُ Then again, I wanted to uncover him. But فَنَهَانِي قَوْمِي But my people stopped me. فَأَمَرَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ So the Prophet ﷺ instructed, meaning he allowed that I may uncover him. فَرُفِعَ So the cloth, the sheet was removed. فَسَمِعَ صَوْتَ صَائِحَةٍ And then the Prophet ﷺ heard the sound of a screaming woman. Meaning as soon as the body was uncovered, and the people saw how badly it was mutilated, a woman who was present there could not help herself and she screamed. فَقَالَ So the Prophet ﷺ said, مَنْ هَذِي Who is this woman? فَقَالُوا So they said, إِبْنَةُ عَمْرٍ أَوْ أُخْتُ عَمْرٍ They said, the daughter of Amr or the sister of Amr. Amr is who? You see, Jabir. Who is Jabir? Jabir ibn Abdullah. His father is Abdullah. The shaheed who was brought over here. Who is Abdullah? He is Abdullah ibn Amr ibn Haram. Abdullah ibn Amr ibn Haram. That's his name. Also he is known as Abdullah ibn Haram. So this woman was the daughter or the sister of Amr. What does it mean? If she was the daughter of Amr, then how was she related to Abdullah radiallahu anhu? She was his sister. And if she was the sister of Amr, then who is she? The aunt. So a close relative of Abdullah radiallahu anhu, she cried out loud. So the people told the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam who she was. Qala. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, فَلِمَ تَبْكِي أَوْ لَا تَبْكِي فَمَا زَالَتِ الْمَلَائِكَةُ تُظِلُّهُ بِأَجْنِحَتِهَا حَتَّى رُفِعَ he said, فَلِمَ تَبْكِي So why is she weeping? Or he said, لَا تَبْكِي She should not cry. Why? Because فَمَا زَالَتِ الْمَلَائِكَةُ تُظِلُّهُ The angels did not cease to shade him بِأَجْنِحَتِهَا With their wings حَتَّى رُفِعَ Until he was lifted up. Meaning she doesn't need to cry. Because her brother or her nephew died as a shaheed, and he received such honor and care from the angels that they covered him with their wings. So she should not cry like this. Now, over here, we have actually read this hadith earlier also, briefly. Here, it's very interesting where uh, the Prophet ﷺ, first he allowed that Jabir anhu be allowed to see the face of his father, the body of his father, even though he knew that the body of his father had been mutilated. Sometimes what happens is that we try to shelter people. Or, you know, if something terrible has happened, we try to keep them in the dark. We say that they cannot handle it. But the best way of grieving is that you face your grief. You accept it. You embrace it. Because if you don't, then you think that it's not going to bother you, but it's actually going to bother you for the rest of your life. 
right? So the Prophet ﷺ allowed that, okay, he wants to see his father, let him see. He commanded that remove the sheet, let him see. And sometimes it may so happen that even little children may want to see the face of a dead person because they were related to them or they loved them a lot, so they want to see the body. We don't tell them about the janazah, we don't tell them about the body because we say, oh, they'll get scared. This is life. This is part of life. Avoiding scary things will not remove scary things. Isn't it? Facing reality will make you stronger. Accepting reality will make you stronger. And the second thing we see over here is that when Jabir radiallahu anhu's aunt cried out loud, the Prophet wasallam said, why is she crying? Or that she should not cry like this. Did the Prophet ﷺ cry? Did he cry? Yes, he did. Did he scream though? No. Did he feel sad? Yes, he did. But did he wail? No. Did he shed tears? Yes. But did he wail and scream and cry excessively, uncontrollably? No, he didn't. As we will see in so many ahadiths today, Insha'Allah that the Prophet ﷺ, he experienced sadness, but he did not allow his sadness to drive him. He did not dwell in his sadness. This is very important for us to understand. Now, Abdullah radiallahu anhu, there's something very beautiful that we learn about him in another hadith, which is in Ibn Majah. It's a Hassan hadith. Yahya said in his hadith, meaning in this narration, that he said, O Jabir, why do I see you broken-hearted? Why do you look so sad? So at an occasion, the Prophet ﷺ saw Jabir anhu and Jabir anhu looked very sad. So he asked him, why do you look so sad? So Jabir anhu said, O Messenger of Allah, my father has been martyred. And he has left behind dependents and debts. So Jabir anhu was overcome first of all by the loss of his father. And secondly, now that his father was no longer there, he had so much financial responsibility and the responsibility to look after his family that it was making him even more and more sad. So the Prophet ﷺ at that occasion said to him, Shall I not give you the good news of that with which Allah met your father? So Jabir said, Yes, O Messenger of Allah. The Prophet ﷺ said, Allah never spoke to anyone except from behind his screen. But he spoke to your father directly. How exactly this happened, Allahu A'lam. But it's a Hassan hadith. It's not a weak hadith, it's a Hassan hadith with a good chain. He said that, and Allah said to your father, that, oh my servant, ask something from me and I shall give it to you. That Allah was so pleased with him, that first of all Allah spoke to him directly, and secondly, Allah said to him that, O oh my servant, ask something from me and I will give it to you. So Abdullah radiallahu anhu said, O oh Lord, bring me back to life so that I may be killed in your cause a second time. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, I have already decreed that they will not return to life. Meaning this is something that you cannot be given. So then he said, My Lord, convey this news to those whom I have left behind, right? that you are pleased with me. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed, وَلَا تَحْسَبَنَّ الَّذِينَ قُتِلُوا فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ أَمْوَاتًا بَلْ أَحْيَاءٌ عِنْدَ رَبِّهِمْ يُرْزَقُونَ That do not think that those people who have been killed in the way of Allah are dead. They're finished. 
they have ceased to exist. No, rather they are alive and they are given special provision by Allah. So this ayah was revealed at the request of who? Abdullah radiallahu anhu. So the Prophet ﷺ informed of this beautiful news to Jabir radiallahu anhu. The fact is that death, loss, losing a loved one is something very painful. But at the same time, it's a part of life. Everybody has to go. كُلُّ نَفْسٍ ذَائِقَةُ الْمَوْتِ Everyone has to go sooner or later. And yes, when someone leaves us, it is something painful for us. But our deen is a deen of hope and progress. Right? We don't remain stuck in the past. We don't focus only on things that we don't have control over. We have to try our best to shift our focus to things that we do have control over. In every loss, we are also given something. So we see that Abdullah radiallahu anhu, yes, he passed away. But then, did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not give him something better in the afterlife? He did. Right? So, this is the thing. When we believe in Allah, and we are pleased with Allah, part of our iman is iman bil qadr. Believing in the decree of Allah. That nothing happens except that Allah has decreed it. And believing in al-qadr means that whatever Allah has decreed is good. Because there is nothing pure evil that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created. Or that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decrees. Even in something that is very painful and very evil, there is still something good in it or associated with it. There is something good that comes out of it. Even shaitan. Even shaitan. I mean, the existence of shaitan is evil. Right? However, is there something good that comes out because of shaitan? Yeah? Like what? Exactly. You draw closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like for example, if shaitan makes you do something wrong, waswasa, 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 again and again, and you end up slipping, you make a mistake. Okay, that was something evil. But then when you realize, and you repent, and you turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then what happens? You are closer to Allah than you were before you made the mistake. Isn't it so? So, nothing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decrees is pure evil. Remember that. So, the greatest loss even, the greatest pain even, has something good in it. And we have to focus on that good. We have to try to bring ourselves out of dwelling on sadness towards focusing on good.